Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learn podcast. I'm Charlotte Rogers, Insight Editor at Marketing Week, and today I'm chatting to IKEA Marketing Communications Manager, Kemi Anthony, and Katie Mackay Sinclair, partner at creative agency Mother London, the Marketing Week Masters 2021 Agency of the Year. IKEA and Mother have worked together for more than 12 years, developing the wonderful everyday brand platform in 2014 to signify the retailer's desire to make every day of the week a better day for consumers. The branding agency have teamed up on campaigns such as IKEA's 2019 Christmas debut, Silence the Critics, which sees a couple banish their house shame after being taunted by their household objects over the state of their decor. Then in September 2020, IKEA and Mother joined forces on The Hair, a modern day retelling of the tortoise and hare fable, encouraging the UK to reappraise the role of sleep in their lives. The collaboration between IKEA and Mother has also found a way to make the brand's sustainability mission accessible to consumers, as seen with last year's Change a Bit for Good push, which focused on little changes people can make to live more sustainably. It feels like there's so much to discuss about this creative relationship. So to kick off, IKEA and Mother have relationships spanning 12 years. How have you managed to build a sense of creative consistency and understanding while also keeping the work fresh and innovative? Kemi, if I could start with you. I was thinking about this the other day um, because we've had this sort of commentary um, of the relationship and the work before and it it comes down to kind of really simple things like um, honesty um, between each other. Um, I think it's really, really easy um, for uh, clients um, especially maybe not to be as honest as I think it's important to be. You're in a relationship with an agency. Um, there is a obviously a level of professionalism you feel like you have to adhere to. Um, and in doing so, you sometimes are too polite. Um, you're on your best behaviour, which means you're not really saying what's on your mind. Um, and I think that sort of drives everything, actually. And you said it, our relationship is sort of 12 years long. Um, feeling a little bit like a marriage, you know, and you have your ups and downs. But I think the consistent element of that relationship has been the honesty and the openness that has developed over time. It means that we are able to be open about how we're feeling about the direction that we're going in and eventually get onto the same page and have those shared ambitions for the work that we do. So I think that's a, a really, really big part of it. And Casey, what would you say, you know, that honesty is clearly invaluable. Is it that honesty that gets you to the place where the work is still fresh and innovative, even though you have been working together for over a decade? I think it definitely is the honesty, but I think there's more to it than that. Because the fact that Kemi can be so direct with us and we can be direct with her cuts out a lot of wasted time, effort and energy. But there's another dimension to our relationship that I think drives the work and allows us to be consistently great over such a long period of time. And that is a fear of the obvious and a really deep ambition to challenge ourselves to be better. Uh, Kemi has such phenomenal ambition and creative taste that she pushes us as much, if not more, than we push ourselves. And so that's definitely part of it. But I think without the honesty it would be quite hard to have that side of the relationship. It's a rare thing, I think. Definitely. I was watching your festival marketing session in from October and, and Kemi, you talked there about how 
it took kind of years for Mother to truly understand the nuances of the IKEA business because you talked about how it might seem like a simple business, but there is so much going on. And did it take, you know, on both sides, but Kemi, to start with you, a sort of level of patience, transparency and mutual respect on both sides to, to get to the place where you are now? Yeah, definitely patience. <laughs> um, uh, it, it was a bit of a roller coaster, actually. And as you say, um, I think people do make the mistake of thinking that they sort of know IKEA. You know, it's 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 fun, it's bright colours, it's for young people. You know, um, yes, it's all of those things, but also much much more. And I talk a lot about it being this thinking brand. So there is a reason that we do everything we do, and. I think that's the beauty of the brand and certainly it's why I have stayed for so long. It's a difficult thing to get your partners to understand. And I think it's because we sort of live and breathe the brand and have for so long that we have sometimes struggled to find a way to articulate it in a way that's, you know, very clear that people understand when we realise actually that they don't get it. And I think getting to where we are today, as I said, was a real roller coaster on both sides because we tried and we tried and mother tried and tried and we could both feel that we were trying to make it work. And it's not that we weren't delivering good work. It just wasn't quite what it needed to be in order to really speak to who the brand is or what the brand is, I should say. And it took a lot of working together, a lot, a lot, a lot of discussion about the brand, how we think, the way we work, you know, the reason for being, the reason we do what we do, which ultimately culminated in this, this trip to, to Sweden, almost going back to the heart of it all, the root of where it all started. And, and all of those things that we'd talked about that never quite landed suddenly felt like they fell into place, Katie. Do you remember? I do. I mean, we were both laughing when Kemi said this trip to Sweden because it was kind of, it was magical and it was like going back to the heart of the brand. And suddenly we were like, oh, I get it. When you say you're a thinking brand, we understand it. And there was all of these kind of corridor conversations with designers from the team in Almholt and we were like oh yes it makes sense and we we all left thinking great okay we finally we've clocked it the depth that we couldn't quite understand and what it really means with the vision to create a better everyday life for the many people and the reason we laugh is because the first work we presented that we were so excited about that we've captured it we've nailed it Kemi's face was just an absolute picture she was like what have you been doing? This is so boring. Like, what? And we had, we'd fallen so deeply head over heels in love with the depth that we had never seen before in the brand that we'd completely forgotten that also on top of that, we need to be interesting <laughs> and that there is a, a drive within Ikea, especially from Kemi to not be safe with the work. And we call that the Kool-Aid presentation because, and I think we probably had to get that out of our system. It was as much a way of us really understanding what drives IKEA and the the depth that I think maybe we never understood or never seen in comms before because when IKEA was the new kid on the block, it had always positioned itself in opposition to the prevailing trends within the UK. So whether that was tackling chintz 
or tackling um, the Brits' love for beige or um, being the wacky Swede. It was always other. And so it took time for us to really immerse ourselves in the brand to understand it. And I think now you look at to create a better everyday life for the many people and the wonderful every day and you think, why the hell did it take you so long to get there? But there's there's something deceptively simple about the platform that we've built together. And I think that the fact that it's been so long running and has given us the opportunity to create such a phenomenal body of work that we never run out of possibilities shows how important that trip to Sweden was in unlocking that for for us and to kind of taking us on the next stage of the relationship and the journey. But it wasn't easy. <laughs> no, it took uh, more than a few rounds. I think that's just, it's so interesting to hear how much artistry there is in what you're both bringing to the table and how you, you know, you kind of got under the skin of what IKEA is about and the thinking brand. That's so interesting. But then how you distill that in a way that's still really accessible for consumers and, and kind of in a way that's still very innovative and very fun. I wanted to ask about the creative process and in terms of kind of how it goes from, say, Kemi's team developing a brief to Mother presenting an initial idea. Is there a standard process? Is it less formal? Is From a mother perspective, do you have a sense, Katie, right up front of the kind of business outcomes that IKEA wants to achieve? Like, it, Katie, if, if I could ask you, kind of how does that process work from your perspective? I'm so glad you're asking us this question, Charlotte, because I feel like... Um, Nobody has any idea of the rigor and attention to detail that goes into what we do with IKEA. If I cast my mind back, I think Kemi and I worked out it was eight years ago. Now we were like, we've got to London every day. This is amazing. And why is actually the process of creating work for us and within the interagency group the absolute opposite of wonderful? And we kind of realized that the platform is only one part of it, the process through which we work. So we is the most important thing, because without that, it, we'll, we'll never get to the kind of work that we wanted to. So we worked together to create what was then a 32-week process. But now that it's a um, cluster process that involves multiple markets, it's stretched to a 47-week process from pre-brief through to delivery. And there's obviously space to evaluate, reconsider, flex and shape. That's where those additional 15 weeks have come from in the process. But it holds us all accountable to what we mean by integration, how we build the brief together, what um, success looks like at different stages and how you bring different stakeholders along the journey and the role of research throughout that. I think it would be fair to say that it doesn't kick off in a traditional sense with a formal briefing. We have annual planning where we set a, an ambition and goal for the year and then look at how we can deliver that with specific briefs that are very much co-created between uh, Mother and IKEA. But there's a lot of foundations and rigor and structure to get to the magic. Yeah, absolutely. I think ha having that sort of really structured process in the background sort of running as smoothly as it can um, is the thing that actually frees us up to really focus on just delivering the great work. And I don't think we'd cope without it now. Um, I think back to before this process existed and how, how we actually managed to get stuff out the door. Um, it, it now is just a way of being um, and it is essential um, that we have that in place in, in order to be able to deliver what we do. 
I think it's fascinating to hear the level of kind of rigor involved because there might be a misconception from the outside that you guys are so close and this you've got almost developed a shorthand and it's you know it's it's so easy but you know to your point is you've got the foundations in place the hard work so that then the creativity can flow it's so interesting to hear that you put all that work in with the rigor fascinating there's definite naivety in the first iteration of this process because we we printed little books and everybody got this wee book that was the wonderful everyday way of working as if like ta-da process done there's your book and I think as soon as we printed those books it was time for them to be recycled because we realized we did leave <laughs> notes in the back we yeah, gave we did. people you know a space for notes and there were plenty of notes <laughs> you know what it has had to evolve as um the shape of the briefs we're doing the media landscape the interagency relationships and responsibilities it's all evolved but I think and I'm not just saying this through the rose-tinted glasses of nostalgia if we looked back at the first iteration of the process the fundamental tenets and principles are there and they they also bake in shared values and ambitions for the kind of work that would live up to the intent of the one for every day and I think that's that's the other part the process was designed in service of making the best possible work we could to do justice to everything that we had learned and understood in that trip to Sweden and what we understood about the brand, but came with the knowledge that if we didn't have our shit together, we'd never be able to make the kind of campaigns that we wanted to. Absolutely. It's fascinating. I mean, another thing that I picked up on during the festival marketing session was you both talked about how much you loved creating Silence the Critics in 2019. And that for me, I remember picking that as my Christmas campaign that year when we do a marketing week, you know, what's your favorite Christmas campaign? Because I just loved it. But after the success of a campaign like that, do you ever feel the pressure to kind of top that? You know, what are we going to do next? Because it was, you know, as people just loved it. Kemi, if I could start with you. I suppose the short answer is yes. <laughs> um, it, it was the sort of not Christmas campaign. Um, we knew that we wanted to do something during that period, but we knew we didn't want it to be the same as everything else. There was a lot of work we knew was going to be out there that was going to be quite expected and it wasn't gratuitous it's not that we just thought right we have to do something different it was more we don't normally advertise at that time of year so let's stay true to who we are as a brand let's make sure we actually have something to say and let's do it in our own unique IKEA way and Silence of Critics um, came out of that and as you said it was so much fun Um, there were so many firsts um, and the response to it was incredible. It was the biggest sense of achievement and, and satisfaction um, that I remember feeling um, for a piece of work because we did work so hard to, to get it right, to make sure it was as authentic as it could possibly be. Um, and so it, it couldn't have turned out any better. So yes, I guess um, the way it was sort of touted um, out there as a Christmas campaign suddenly did add I think more pressure (laughs) to sort of better it but it wasn't unique to that period of Christmas I think it's how we are with everything with every piece of work that we deliver 
we always want to do better we always want to push it creatively you know we sort of don't rest on 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 our laurels and the success of what we've done before it's like okay what's next how do we continue to push this and I, and I think that's really really important to not get sort of um, complacent and think you've nailed it we can always do better we always want to do better and we always want to make sure we're sort of exercising our creative juices um, and I think that is just so important in in helping to keep the work fresh and interesting. I couldn't agree more I think that there's always the pressure and that's unique to Ikea to be like how do you top what you did before but um, I think part of the one of the other important behind the scenes things is the the learning culture that we've developed and people are still surprised to know that we pre-test the work with system one but we also post-test and there's a across the interagency team there's a really strong post-campaign learning process that we really do take on board as we move into the next brief. But there's a constant desire for freshness that comes from within the organization and especially uh, from Kemi. I, I often think that there have been many a time over the 12 years we've been working together that there's been a hit and you could think, Okay, and in another client organization, it might become that, right, we need to do that again. And then you it becomes a formula because that felt like that was the hit maker and let's do it again. And the thing that I love is that that couldn't be more anti what Kemi would say. She'd be like, hmm, it would be really unexpected to do another grime one. So we're definitely not doing that. There's a, a dynamism in and a fluidity in the creative expression of The One for Every Day that makes it a joy to work on. Uh, and that means we don't collectively get bored of the platform. So yes, there's definitely the pressure to be like, whoa, how do you top that? But part of me feels that that pressure is alleviated because we aren't trying to do the same thing again. Yeah, that fluidity is really important um, in sort of not straight jacketing the way we, we think about the work. Um, and that's not to say we just do whatever we want to do. I think the creativity is what what drives the work, but it's always, always rooted in the wonderful every day. And that is, you know, inextricably linked to who we are as a brand. And so it, it's always sort of our guiding light. So it, it, it's not this sort of willy nilly stuff that doesn't mean anything. We want our work always to be as creative and as interesting and as entertaining as possible, but not just for the sake of it. It, it is very much rooted in who we are as a brand and, and what we want to say. Definitely. And I suppose that's a platform, the wonderful everyday, that it gives you so much permission to kind of flex in so many different directions because while well, you work so hard to, to kind of, as you say, a deceptively simple brand platform with so much work that went before, but now you can riff off that in so many different ways. Yeah, we have so many stories to tell and having a flexible platform that allows us to do that in, in a creative way is a, is a gift. Well, lastly, I'd just ask what advice you might give to someone listening to this podcast who kind of wants to create a brand agency bond that could work for the long term. Katie, if I could start with you. Kemi and I talked about this one and I said um, it might be a wee bit trite to use the marriage analogy, but I think we've already used it a couple of times throughout this conversation. So I'm going to use it again and give a shout out to my parents who were married for 56 years last week. Um, I remember when I was wee, my mum saying, to me, do you think that your dad and I have loved each other to distraction every single day of those 56 years? 
and made me like, what? And she was like, marriages take hard work. There's ups and there's downs. If, you, if you're in it for the long haul, you have to be prepared to make the hard work. I think that that's the thing that I value so much about our relationship with Ikea and my relationship with Kemi is that it is a long-term commitment. There have been hits and misses. There have been highs and lows. There have been campaigns that we thought were going to achieve one thing that didn't, but we learned something else from them, that we've always believed in each other's intent, ambition, commitment, and known that we'll get there. That's a different thing to, uh, to, I guess, the prevailing trends in the industry of shorter tenure on the client side and um, at the first hint of a problem, it's time to call a pitch. And I, I feel so lucky to have been working on this brand with Kemi for such a long time, but to know that we can challenge each other to be better with that sense of um, longer term commitment. We don't give up. We believe and trust each other to get through the tricksy times. So if if I was going to make that one piece of advice, it's that if you found a partner that you feel that you can trust and be honest with and you're excited about what you could achieve together, be prepared for the rough with the smooth. You'll reap the rewards in the longer term. Yeah, absolutely. It's as a, certainly from a client's perspective, I think it's it's really easy to just want to give up when you feel like you're not getting anywhere or you're not happy with where you are with your relationship at any given time. It's really the staying power, I think, that you need. And the energy and the commitment to sort of break through that and decide that this this is going to take some time, this is going to take some working through. You're going to have rows. You know, you're not always going to agree. You might not always even like each other. Um, but I, I think you get to a point where, you know, that is part of being in a relationship, right? Sometimes you just don't like each other. But but you get through it because you've decided it's worth working at. Um, and that that extends to kind of the, the broader parts we have when, you know, I've had stand-up rounds with directors, you know, um, directors that I have a love-hate relationship with respect uh, and value what they bring and the craft of what they deliver. But it, it all comes back to sort of staying power and honesty. I, I can't stress enough the importance of honesty. If you don't like something, say you don't like it. You know, some people might not be happy to hear it, but I think ultimately you get to a place where you trust one another and you know that what I'm saying is is because I want the best work. Um, I want us to do the best work. And it is so, so important. And it just sounds really boring, but it is the crux of everything. It's the time, it's the staying power, and it's the honesty. Oh, thanks so much. It's been so great kind of hearing about your relationship and, and just getting in kind of behind the scenes and some of these amazing adverts. So thank you and, and campaigns. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learn podcast and check out the next episode coming soon on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud. That just leaves me to thank Kemi and Katie and you for listening. Thanks.